back during the years when I was in seminary preparing to become a priest, there was a philosophy professor on the college side who had a number of us seminarians in his class who one day remarked to us, he said, do you really want everyone to hear the gospel and everyone to become Catholic? He said, because sometimes when I get together with my family, there's this one brother-in-law who doesn't believe in God. And he sometimes says to me, come on, why don't you convince me? Convince me to believe in God. Convince me to become a Catholic. And he says, and I'll say to him, no, no, I, I don't like you. I don't want you to join us. Stay away. You know, I, don't, I don't want you to be part of the church. Now, he said this at least partly as a joke because he knew well that we seminarians were full of zeal, but also because I think he realized that this is completely contrary to the impulse of the church. Indeed, contrary to surely the impulse of whatever happens whenever we know good news. There's something about knowing good news that in and of itself pushes us outward, that makes us generous. Don't we want to share it with people? It's as if the news itself wants to be shared. And the more that we know it will help others, the more we want to spread it and let others know. In something of that same way, there's something sort of necessary about Epiphany following Christmas. Because if God himself has taken on human nature and been born into our world, it seems that that, that of itself just wants to spread, cannot be held back. And surely it's only a matter of time before people from the ends of the earth are hearing it. And indeed, this is exactly what was in God's plan. We know that following the whole world being plunged into sin, that God very quickly began his plan of salvation. But it was a plan that would unfold. So he began with one man, with Abraham. From him his family, and that family grew into a nation, the people of Israel. And thus in God's plan, he focused on this growing family. He revealed to them himself and his truth and the truth about what was right and wrong and gave them experience of walking with him. He focused upon this one family. But this ended up creating temporarily a division, a division between them and all the rest of the world, the nations or the Gentiles. And it was a situation such as we heard in the first reading that in effect, the people of Israel were in light knowing God, knowing all that he revealed to them, while the rest of the world was in darkness, knowing very, very little of all of this. But if this was something temporary, it was not something that God wanted to continue forever. And certainly at the point when the incarnation happened, and when God the Son became man and was born, Jesus in Bethlehem, then it was time to send that light outward. We know that this would be carried out and still is being carried out 
by the missionary impulse of the church to bring this good news to everyone. But today we celebrate the beginning of it, when in the figures of the Magi from the East, the first of the nations, the first of the Gentiles, heard the good news. And we notice in this case, it didn't even happen by missionary effort. It wasn't that Mary and Joseph traveled to Persia to announce the good news, rather that God made a star. Just the right message for just these right recipients, for themselves to seek and find and come to the newborn king. And so it is that for most of us here, not ethnically part of the Jewish people, this then is an especially special feast to us. And in this feast, we may see anniversaries. The anniversary of perhaps the time that the gospel first came to our own nation. The anniversary of when the gospel first came to our own family. Indeed, perhaps the anniversary of when the gospel first came to us. I might do well to think back on when that was. Especially some moment, perhaps it was when we were children or adults, when we first began to grasp and recognize what perhaps we were being raised in. We first began to recognize that we were meeting our Lord Jesus. Today is a day when we can celebrate all of that. Now, if we look around at the rest of the scene and turn from the Magi to Mary and Joseph, we know that this was something of a revelation to them too. For as much as the angels had brought them news and their special mission, we noticed that they kept seeing God acting independently in others' lives as well. He sent the angels to the shepherds. He brought the magi with the star. And soon enough, they would be going to the temple and there they would find Simeon and Anna similarly having been drawn by God to come and meet the child Jesus. And they too would learn from what God revealed to them. Thus, in the, the gifts that the Magi brought, they may have received reinforcement or learning of some of the things about what awaited Jesus in his earthly life. Gold being a symbol of kings, incense offered by priests to God, and myrrh being something used to prepare bodies after death. All these pointing forward to important things about his identity and his life. But besides Mary and Joseph, we may then turn to King Herod. And notice in King Herod, someone who was not responding to the good news very well at all. Someone who saw in it a threat, and who we know, right after this reading, decided to carry out his attempt to kill the newborn king of the Jews. Someone who should have known better. But this was his response to the good news. If all of this happened so many thousand years ago, then what about today? People still search for Jesus. People still search for the things that they need, expecting to find it in him or in his church or in the community gathered around him. Thus it may be that any given person, and it may be you here today, or certainly maybe people you know, are people who may be desiring to find the truth 
And they go looking for Jesus to see if there, in him, they may find that truth. Or they want to find love. Or they want to discover true goodness. Or healing. Or a purpose for their lives. Or any number of other things. If they're around you, you may not even notice that they're looking for it. They may not even realize they're looking for it, but they may look to you because you're Catholic. You go to Mass. You practice the faith. Maybe in you, as you draw near to Jesus, maybe they will find this truth, this love, this purpose they're looking for. They may be looking on your life to see. And we notice that, of course, in their searching, and this describes any of you here today, you may unfortunately come across Herods. You may come across people who should be responding to Jesus and should be helping you, but instead become obstacles. If that's the case, don't let that discourage you. The Magi did too. That will always be the case. Keep on looking. It's not the obstacles you're looking for. It's Jesus himself. And you will find him. You will find this Savior, who was a newborn king on that day, and who very much is our Savior now. So don't give up. And for all of us, we should realize that much as Mary and Joseph saw that God was moving in the hearts and lives of others, so he is moving in the hearts and lives of those around us. We have the light that Mary and Joseph had. We have Jesus himself. We have the one that they're looking for. So let us be ready to share. Not at all like the words of that professor. No, I don't want you to know him. Yes, I have someone special that I want you to meet. The newborn king of the Jews, Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world and is the light that you're looking for.